Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm on a diet though. Are you? See everything, eat everything, diet. Been on a diet for <laughs> set for two <laughs> weeks and only lost 14 days. <laughs> I love Barney Hall. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Yeah, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's episode 111 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing Triple Ones today as we are celebrating uh, an Ohio Sprint Week. Uh, what else has happened? A lot of stuff with USAC. June 22nd, Thursday. This is uh, the day that we were recording this. D. Welch, heavy lunch with you. How you doing, buddy? Are you in Charlotte or what? I'm in Charlotte. Yep, doing good. At the home. You're at the home studios. I'm at the home office. I'm yep. still in Ohio. I went to Ohio Sprint Week, and I haven't left because I've been uh, hanging out with my nieces and nephews, but getting ready to head out here today after High Limit Room uh, once we record that and uh, get that thing underway. Um, today on the show, of course, Richie Murray comes back to talk Eastern Storm and also uh, a little bit of a recap of Indiana Midget Week, and then we preview their trip to Wisconsin. Blake Anderson uh, is out at Dirt Cup. He is on assignment, not working for the Tezos All-Star Circuit of Champions this week, but he is working for uh, Rudine and those guys out there because Skagit is hosting a really big race, one of the biggest sprint car races we have on Flow Racing, and that's this week on the Dirt Cup at Skagit, and we'll preview all of that uh, and much, much more. But let's get into our hat shakes. D. Welch, who do you like from the past week? Lose your hat shake. Well, um, Boy, I don't know. I mean, because there was a lot of racing, as you said. All right. Well, um, while you think about it, I much mentioned our hat shakes are brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. You can visit them at sundollar.net. Uh, I saw Jason and Kim at Eldora. They are, you know, our great friends that uh, support our podcast. And, um, you know, they were there watching Zeb. I think Zeb went 11th to 6th at Eldora, nearly won a Sprint League title. 
Uh, and Wyndham, well, let's just say he he uh, he he felt the rash of a uh, little bit a little bit of dri- aggressive driving there at El Toro, and they got a car. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, tar- car tore up. They got some laps in the future, but uh, not a great night for them. Anyways, SunDollar.net water, fire, mold restoration. They're based in Carmel, Indiana. They'll help you put a roof on your house. They are some of the best people in the Indianapolis area that will help you uh, fix your house, commercial vehicle, commercial, not vehicles. They can't do vehicles. Uh, they can do houses and other stuff, uh, buildings, if you will. All right, D-Well, choose your hashtag. Well, I, I was going to give you one anyways before I was interrupted, um, but we got to get that ad read in there. So um, you're welcome for that, Jason. Um, I was going to give one to just the staff that's at uh, – at action track and the USAC folks for the sprint car race at the action track. I mean, this is a micro track that had 410 non-wing sprint cars raced on it. If you didn't see the highlights, it was uh, one of the best races of the year, I think already. Um, Just awesome. You know, I think it's, it's um, I'm glad it went as well as it did. I think there was there, I mean, there were some naysayers and some, some people that didn't think it was going to work. Uh, and it was great. You know, they, they run USAC East coast sprint cars and stuff there before, but never a national race. And, um, I thought it was awesome. So, um, kudos to everybody that made that happen. Yeah. That's uh that was an awesome week. I, I mean, we probably got to give Axum one, right? I mean, there's a few yeah. coming out party for Emerson Axum, you know, big wins out East. Richie's going to give us some stats on basically how poorly his Eastern storm went last year, especially the first two nights. Uh, and then to come out there and just completely dominate the Eastern Storm. I mean, you got to think about uh, a hat shake for them, you know, winning on Brian Clawson's birthday the one night. So, um, you know, that was big. I, I still attest that Ohio Sprint Week was the best Ohio Sprint Week we've ever had and that I've ever seen uh, in my with my two eyes. Right. And, and potentially at least uh, with Tony Stewart's reign of the All-Stars. Uh, I know there was a little bit of drama. T- to me, all the drama is what makes it entertaining. Like the drama at Wayne County with the 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 track and, and dealing with that, and then of course the tiebreaker on the final night, um, and and deciding it took I think I think three tiebreakers to decide that Courtney won the championship. Uh, that's how tight it was in the points. You race all week long and you tie in points. That's just insane. So the theater that Ohio Sprint Week brought um, half flying everywhere. Uh, Gavin Miller won, you know, Jacob Denny won, you know, a bunch of 18 year olds winning uh, lots, lots of stuff going on right now. It's good stuff in the sports. So hat shakes to all those people before we get going uh, with, with Richie and with Blake. Uh, we do need to tell you that coming up here on the 26th, you can now collect some of your favorite high rollers. That's the high limit sprint car series, right? Dylan Welch is the voice of the high limit sprint car series. Um, high rollers and the all new flow racing digital card game that features Kyle Larson and 15 other high limit sprint car drivers. You know, Brent Marks is in there. I think Courtney's in there. Some some big name drivers. So 15. You want to collect them all. You buy and sell in the online marketplace. Collect them all. You can unlock incredible prizes, including a meet and greet with Kyle Larson and the opportunity to present a victory lane check at a high limit race. So uh, that's big. Head to collectibles.flowsports.tv. Write that down. Collectibles dot flow sports dot tv to get started now richie murray blake anderson's next this is the loud pedal podcast on flow racing
legacy he left his three sons was his unfulfilled dream of winning the race. The thing about the Bettenhouses is that they willed themselves to be great drivers. Any drivers that I've ever met that wanted to win the Indianapolis Motor Speedway more than the Bet Bet Houses. Richie Murray joins us on the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. Uh, he is the head of public relations and all stats, info, website articles everything for usac uh he's he's a um you know swiss army knife when it comes to everything the united states auto club uh richie how we doing good to talk to you a good eastern storm and good indiana midget week right yeah good to be here good thank you for having me on and yeah it's been a whirlwind lately we've had about geez what was it i think at the beginning it was supposed to be 16 races and 17 nights and i know we had a, a rain out or two in there but still just uh a nonstop whirlwind, definitely this time of year uh, with Indiana Midget Week, Eastern Storm, and back-to-back. -back, and, uh, yeah, I guess you could say the season has started officially. <laughs> I don't want to derail Tyler's organization since he apparently knows <laughs> exactly how this show is going, but I do want to jump back to Midget Week um, at the beginning of June um, and and just kind of get your thoughts on it. Logan CV obviously was the champion there with Abacus Racing, and they, they got their first national win at uh, at Gas City, it seemed to me like they, as a team, really kind of took a big step during Midget Week because they were, um, I mean, obviously I've driven for them, so I know how good their equipment is, but but they were up front like every single night of Midget Week. Were you were you guys surprised as that they were as strong as they were, or was it just kind of one of those things that was a long time coming? Yeah, you had a kind of a feeling that and sometime at some point they're going to break through because they got together at the end of last year and they literally had an up and down November, like one night they were fifth and the next night they'd break. And it literally alternated back and forth between the two. It's like, if they could just put all that together, uh, they'll be a force. And then they started off the season kind of the same way. And then thought they were going to break through at circle city. They had that race in the bag and it all fell apart with, three laps to go with an ignition switch thing of all problems. So at that point it was like, man, they're, they're due. And it, it's kind of funny. We were, uh, you know, behind the grandstands after the race as Logan CV was uh, pulling his uh, helmet bag and <laughs> walking walking out. And he said, basically it's over. And yeah, my midget week's over. Like, well, it's only whatever that was Monday or <laughs> race two. So there's still some time left, but, uh, yeah, one night later, or the next race was on Wednesday at Gas City, took care of business, and they were consistent every single night, and, and that's what gets that done. And, uh, I mean, Buddy had the field covered the first half, but he only did half the schedule, and and Logan had pretty much the consistency part down. He got that win out of the way, and that just kind of gave them the confidence to finish this off. And, and for me – and, you know, everybody who watches USAC Midget Racing, it's good to have another new team pop up that's competitive like this. Like Abacus Racing, I heard their story. They kind of watched the uh, Kokomo double-double from 2020. They're just sitting out in the garage watching and, uh, you know, we should get involved. And, you know, a few years later, here they are. And already 
Indiana Midget Week champions, which is mightily impressive. Yeah, amazing story. Obviously, Dylan and I are a little bit biased about it because Dylan Joe from at the Chili Bowl, Brent Cox. Um, I think he's one of the best humans in racing because he put my logo on his race cars for no reason, like at the Chili Bowl. Like, I mean, uh, for you know our hat shake logo, like Dylan, I've been trying to get him put on it for ten years, uh, and he and he wouldn't do it. So um, it's you know Brett Cox is is uh, you know always going to be one of the best people in racing in my eyes because he did that. But uh, I was I was happy for them to to win a, a midget week. Do you have a rebuttal there, D. Welch? I see your lips tightening up there. I t- I told you for years that all you had to do was get one printed and it'd be on the car, and you never did. So I don't know. So, what to I, tell I think you. I printed one off of my Cricket one time. I don't think so. You, know, you never gave it to me. <laughs> you mentioned Kofoid, uh, who came back, won two races, right? He won in uh, Circle City and Putnamville. Um, then he gets the call from Vermeer Motorsports uh, to go run Ohio Sprint Week and nearly wins Ohio Sprint Week, actually tied uh, in points. So if you know if the, the, the races don't overlap, he potentially could win Midget Week and Sprint Week in the same season, you know, uh, but – you know, went went there and tied Courtney in points. Courtney ends up getting the tiebreaker. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like also the fact that Gavin Miller, you had a new winner uh, during the week too. That was a big big story for you guys, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, he came on the scene last year. He kind of ran a few races here and there, but uh, you know, it, it was I would say definitely they would admit it was it was a tough going. It was a struggle to get started out, and uh, you know, the beginning of this season he. I remember a particular one where he caught my eye was uh, the Belleville race where he got caught up in the something and he had to start at the tail of the semi, basically drove all the way to the front and then started in the tail of the feature and drove all the way to the top 10. And then he did it again, I think the next night. I was like, huh, well, he's pretty much improved. And But I don't know if anybody would have thought, it, you know, what we saw at Bloomington uh, right off the bat. I mean, he, Jade had the led the first half of the race and, you know, Gavin Miller looked good all night, but you always wonder until they can actually do it. Uh, when you actually see it, you can believe it. And he chased her down and, you know, went away and, and any of the pressure that anybody put on him at the, the end of the race, the veterans, they didn't have anything for him and he was smooth and pretty much perfect. And, and we saw that uh, it was kind of redemption for him because that circle city, he led the first 12 laps of that one and just hit the outside turn one wall all on his own. So it's a little step-by-step. It's just uh, the learning process that goes along with it. And, you know, he obviously has great equipment along with him. But just to be able to come back from that, uh, shake that off and not get your confidence stirred up and and come back a few nights later. And what was only his 10th career USAC start to put it all together at at a track like Bloomington and, and get it done. That was pretty impressive. We need him to finish on the podium a little more so we can work on his post-race interviews. We need you to sit down. We need you to sit down with him and give him a little media training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard to piece together quotes when you, you get five words. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's some that we've had, and then uh, you know, I guess the more you, chances you get to do it, the, yep. uh, the better you'll get at it. So you know, <laughs> yeah. if he. Keeps on winning, he'll get plenty of opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. He had, a, he had a big coming out party. Uh, obviously, so did Emerson Axum during Eastern Storm. Um, the Sprint cars uh, took to Pennsylvania uh, and went out east, and Axum had a big week. Um, 
Rain took the first lane at Bridgeport, but uh, he won Big Diamond. He won at Williams Grove, which Williams Grove is not easy to win at in any kind of race car you're in. Um, but then, you know, was consistent. You know, he had a great battle with Grant at Port Royal. Um, you you would say this is Axum's coming out party, even though he's won a lot of races and he's sacking in and in, in, in around Indiana. But uh, this is this is his time to, to shine here in the Sprint Car Series, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's kind of funny what he talked about was last year at uh, the beginning of last year is the first experience in Eastern storm. The first night out, he flipped in his heat race with Baloo. They collided going into turn one. It was a big, big ordeal. And then the next night at Bridgeport, he was leading the first lap and just put it in the wall and finished last. And that was his first two nights of experience with Eastern storm. And then one year later, he comes back and doesn't even finish off the podium in any of the five nights, which practically never been done in Eastern Storm. There's some guys who've done it back when the series was two or Probably three races. Clawson, but right? <laughs> Brian Clawson. I mean, something like that. Yeah, but I, nobody ever did it like five nights in a row, which, I mean, in Emerson got it done. It was kind of fitting his first Eastern Storm victory was on uh, on what would have been Brian's 34th birthday or for Clawson Marshall Racing. So that was a big emotional deal to to get that one. And then from there, it was, you know, it was all just Emerson. You could see the right before your eyes, how much he's improved from one year to the next. And like, it wasn't even a doubt. Like he, he managed to qualify like Levi Jones always talked about being able to qualify and transfer through your heat. And you could start up front by doing that. And for the last four nights in a row, he managed to start on the front row, which is a big, important deal to, especially these points championships, which translates into national championships later on, which we've seen a bunch of times with Eastern Storm champs going on to do that. And just uh, coming into the month of June, you know, we've had, you know, six races since then. Uh, Emerson was sixth in national points going into Knoxville to start June. And now he's leading the points. So just like that, that it can switch over real quick. If you just finish consistently and top three, knock out top threes, top fives every night, man, you're going to be hard to beat by anybody. I thought you had a great article about their crew and and just kind of, uh, you know, telling the story of of the young guys that they have working for him. And, um, and Emerson, Emerson's obviously a part of that group. And it, it just, it kind of made me think, you know, uh, we, we, he's obviously been around for a while. And I think those of us that have watched him know how good he is and, and how good he will continue to get, you know, as he gets older and, and gets more experience. But, you know, we always go through these, these phases in all of racing, right? Where you, there's a changing of the guard, right? You lose some of the big established names to whatever, you know, whatever else they're doing, but there's always somebody who's kind of the next man up. And, and I felt like, this week was kind of that for Emerson, right? Like he took himself from a guy who had a lot of potential to a guy who showed that he's legit and he is a national championship, you know, contender. And I just, I thought that was, uh, it was very evident because we always talk about that. And and he kind of delivered on the hype. I thought this week. Yes. And to give credit where credit's due, that was Pat Sullivan's article. Oh, was it? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was good though. Yeah, it was very good. And it, that's uh, that's a very interesting part of it is how all their crew is, you know, about just as young as Emerson. And you're right. You uh, just put it 
he he was just one of those contenders you know hopefully he can run up front you know hopefully he can do this now it's after this it's like you're gonna expect it i mean if i mean he's expected to run top five every night now yeah because he's done it and he was able to put a string of them together so he's a legit championship contender and you know you saw he got his rookie year out of the way last year and it did a fine job but there were some bumps in the road some lulls and you know he's took that next step to where there were no lulls there wasn't a win then a 13th or something and there's a very rare do you see champions of any sort um, you know kind of run that kind of inconsistently but uh and you never see anybody just ride around 15th if they can help it although we saw not necessarily riding around but we saw some struggles this week with champions so it's it's just uh you know putting it all together and it's amazing what this team has done because they've had to reload on their crew <laughs> with the with the changes that have come and then having just a second year driver axum's almost like the veteran of this uh whole group now and he leads by example by doing his job and the crew gets him going along and look at him now these yeah he's a legit championship contender as we head into sprint week and you know, here soon, and that's going to be another big week coming up. And, you know, that kind of tells the tale of where you guys end up at the end of the season. Yeah. Sprint week in mid-July. Don't miss it. Obviously, I won't. Uh, I don't miss Indiana Sprint week. Uh, you know, Action Track USA was a tremendous race. Kyle Cummins won. I, you know, I hope the sprint cars keep going back there. That place is awesome. Um, Port Royal, Logan CV, that team won again at Port Royal in the Silver Crown Series which was a big, uh, you know, win for them as they continue to chase uh, a championship with the Silver Crown Series. You know, CV is looking for that uh, you know, elusive triple crown so far. Um, you know, just looking at some of the you know, other things that happened, um, you know, you guys released the fact that uh, you will have the first airing of the AJ Foyt documentary happening, happening what, July 17th, right before Sprint Week, right? Yes, so Monday, come early Monday before night. Sprint Week, you can come watch that. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the Legends of Racing series. Uh, You know, we had the Bettenhausen's episode that came out. Uh, The second one in this D. Welch is Foyt. And you're going to be excited about that because you know how, you know how many uh, sound bites he's had over the, over the air waves, you know, if you will, and and said over the years, like he's just a awesome character. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And as, as good as the Bettenhausen one was, I can't wait to watch this one. But July 17th, right, Richie, Um, you know, Pat Sullivan, he retired from, uh, you know, working his day job, if you will, and retired right into, of course, a job with the United States Auto Club, uh, you know, and he and you you mentioned the article and he's been doing, you know, uh, some of like the, um, you know, event management stuff around. Uh, he's putting this event on. Um, it's I think Sullivan is an extreme asset to have at the United States Auto Club, I think. Um, but to, uh, you know, to, to debut this to your guys' uh, fan base uh, is pretty cool that that flow is letting us do that, you know. Yeah, and one of the big roles Pat has taken on is uh, helping the the uh, USAC, what used to be called the USAC Benevolent Fund, but now called USAC Race Aid. Him and Nikki Klepper have kind of spearheaded this thing this year, and uh, this is a new event. With the we we did a book signing earlier, and there's other things that exciting ideas to be able to raise money to help drivers and families of USAC members who you know, might've been injured or unfortunately fatally injured. And it's all to raise money to help out for that. And AJ Foyt documentary is part of that with the, uh, uh, the 
event at the office on Monday, July 17th. It's at the USAC headquarters and you can buy tickets. You have to buy tickets ahead of time. There's They're limiting it to 100 because there's a little bit limited space, but you can go to the US, uh, USAC website at usacracing.com and click on the uh, race aid tab at the top of the screen and just uh, go there and, and purchase. Well, you know, it's a free ticket, but there's a little donation you can make on the way, a little tab you can make and of your choice. And so it, any of that is appreciated and it's, it's, it's needed. So it's yeah. good to have that and to help out, help out people who are in need. And so it's good to have an awesome movie an awesome documentary coming out, but it's also ties in with a really good cause. For sure. Can't wait for you guys to see the Foyt documentary. Richie's one of the uh, producers really helped us with a lot of the images that you will see in the film. Uh, Lauren, Laura Andrew, uh, is the editor and uh, executive producer of it. And she will be um, at the event uh, along with Cody Swanson, um, you know, Jake Swanson. Did you say Jake Swanson was going to be there? A Jake few Swanson. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a few others will be there. So go uh, check that out. Um, upcoming races for the United States Auto Club. Um, sprint cars are back in action. Uh, what is it? June 24th at Wilmot Raceway. They race the 25th at Angel Park Speedway, which is, a very uh, historic racetrack, which I love. Um, June 30th, they're at Lincoln Park Speedway for the Bill Gardner Memorial. Uh, and then July 1st, they race as well. And then uh, Macon Speedway, the 7th and the 8th, and they get right into Midget Week. Or uh, Sprint Week, sorry, we already had Midget Week. Midgets are off till July 11th, which is, um, I guess, around the million, right? But um, oh, Meeker, is that Meeker, Oklahoma? Yep. yep, Red Dirt Raceway. Yep. Yep, Red Dirt Raceway. And the Silver Crown Series races tomorrow. At Madison, uh, which is going to be awesome. The, the crown car is back on pavement. Um, what are you looking forward to, Richie? Angel Park Speedway is one of my favorite racetracks. Go there, get you some hot corn. You know, that's that's a that's a badass place. And uh, putting the sprint cars on there is going to be wild, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I just like going to Wisconsin in general. It's uh, <laughs> my mom's side of the family is from there. So I used to go to family reunions there every year. So in a way, this is like a family reunion. It's the only chance I get to go up there each year and i you know i just love the greenery and the uh you know the fresh uh dairy air no that's not what they call it up there but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah they it's i just love it. it 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 relaxes me and it's uh you know we've been going crazy here with all these races and heck three races in one weekend that seems like a cinch right now so <laughs> we're looking forward to having the silver crown cars you know Switching back and be forth between uh, pavement and dirt. Dirt last week and pavement this week. Just uh, one of the most, you know, pretty much the most versatile oval series there is. And uh, and getting back to the sprint cars. I know never been to Wilmot before myself, so I'm looking forward to that. And I know Rich Foreman is excited. One of our Isaac crew members. He grew up there, so we unofficially the race is titled the Rich Foreman Classic. <laughs> for his uh, sake so and then uh angel park is always fun you know it's there's few tracks more famous than angel park and and uh, obviously it was for a long time a midget track and still is but you know we bring the sprint cars there too and it it has been a really good show the last couple times uh, uh it's been eight years apart from each other 2015 and 2022 were the last two times we went there but blue Robert Ballou won both uh, coming from deep. I think he came from ninth to first back in 15 and 
eight the first last year within six laps. So, you know, it, it may be tight to some people, tight quarters, a little hard to pass, but that's proven to be untrue. You know, these guys get after it and they can make it happen. And he's mm-hmm. done it and he's put on a really good show and we're looking forward to it. Put him on your dirt draft team. There's no question about that. Then you guys go to Lincoln Park Speedway for um, you know, awesome weekend of racing, the Bill Garden Memorial, big race at Lincoln Park Speedway, one of my favorites uh tracks right now in Indiana. Put on some amazing racing, awesome shooting video there. It's just a, a tremendous place to go. So all right, Richie, before we get out of here, um, what's your stat of the week? By week, whatever we we call it now. What what do you got? Uh what's your historical stat that you want to wow us with here today? Dylan wasn't here last week. <laughs> Well, it's funny. We kind of talked about it earlier, but I was talking about Emerson Axum's youth movement, you know, with all that. 18 years old and Dason personally finished second in Eastern Storm points, both 18 years old, both graduated from high school two weeks ago. And so did Jacob Denny, who's a USAC national midget winner during midget week. All three have graduated from high school in the last two weeks. So I don't think we've seen anything like that where just that it almost kind of reminds me of, you know, the the kind of the movement that came along about 2007 or so with Wyndham and, you know, Kevin Swindell, Hunter Schoenberg. Hunter, yeah, all those Hunter, guys. Yeah all, those, yeah, all these guys coming along just kind of took over and started climbing up the charts and they became the next generation of stars. So there's I, – I can do a two-parter for you here too, okay. you know, Eastern Storm – you know, there's a lot of it has been, uh, you know, winning Eastern Storm Championship and going on to win the national championship. But, you know, it's been done several times. There was a big run of it. You know, Levi Jones did it for uh, 2007, 10, 11. Brian Clawson did it a couple of times. Brady Bacon, Robert Ballou, Chris Wyndham, CJ Leary. So Eastern Storm has been held. I think that was the, yeah, the 16th edition. There's nine times the Eastern Storm champion has gone on to win the USAC National Championship. But nine it hasn't times. happened since 2019. So with uh, CJ Leary. So, yeah, I don't know. Everson Axum shot up with the Eastern Storm. It could be the big turning point of his season. Went from six to first in points overall. Eastern Storm champion. Who knows? We'll find out do. here soon. That's all you got to do. Uh, put together, you know, those weeks of racing like India, you know, Indiana Sprint Week coming up, right? Um, put that week together. If Axum can put that week together on tracks he's been to racing, you know, the past couple of years, um, if he can put that week together, he might win a championship. So um, check out the USACRacing.com for all the latest news, information, Richie's articles, Pat Sullivan's articles, uh, everyone else uh, who helps out with, um, you know, their coverage. They do an awesome job. They're one of the best in the industry. Thank you, Richie, for coming on the show, as always. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Eldora Million. Jonathan Davenport. But this time, something special happened.
continue to, to carry Earl's vision and, and his uh, history of creating big events. I mean, we've, we've got some stuff up our sleeve that uh, I don't think will shock anybody when we announce it. Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. Blake Anderson uh, with the Tezos All-Star Circuit of Champions has joined us. He is actually working this week, not for the All-Stars, though, on assignment at the Dirt Cup at Skagit Speedway, which you can watch live on Flow Racing. Um, you are in a nice camper, Blake. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Now? I'm about 10 feet from the grandstands. It's nice. When I wake up in the morning, I like today, I'll just walk to the ticket office about 25 yards and sit down and work for a little bit but today's a little bit different it's finally not raining the sun came out yesterday at like four or five in the afternoon for the first time in a couple of days it turned into a nice day after raining pretty much monday afternoon to tuesday wednesday morning i feel like we probably need to talk about dirt cup a little bit because it's kind of gotten buried underneath all this husit stuff but there's a lot of money on the line at Skagit this weekend too. That that I think kind of has has come you know gotten lost in the shuffle of things. Yeah, sixty two thousand to win, five hundred dollars to lead a lap. So I mean, if you lead all forty and you win Dirt Cup, you're going to take home eighty two grand. Or even you know you lead half of it, you're going to take home seventy two grand. So pretty good money. It's five hundred to lead a lap, three hundred for second, two hundred for third. So you can take home some good lap money as well, even if you don't maybe lead all the laps on top of over $1,000 to start. There's going to be around 40 cars here. I know Aaron Reitzel is coming out from the Midwest. Uh, Zeb Wise is here with the All-Stars. So there's going to be a solid field. And as you guys know, the, the West Coast sprint car scene is really gaining some steam in the 410s. They're getting tough again out here on the West Coast, so that'll be fun. Yeah, all the NARC boys are really good. Um, who are some of the guys that we had to keep an eye on? Shane Golubic, uh, Dominic Selzy. Um, Is there a Macedo out there? Did Cole go out there? Yep, Cole's here in the Tarleton car, I think. Dominic Selzy, absolutely want to keep an eye on. He won this race a couple of years ago and it was a 360 race, ran second last year to Tyler Courtney after leading laps. So he, he'll be one to keep an eye on. I think, man, Reitzel, I think really rolling the dice on, hey, five green to start at Houston's, maybe middle of the pack where we can go out to Skagit and be the favorite to win. He's good here. He was really good here in a 360. He hasn't been here in a 410, I don't believe. So... I think they're kind of rolling the dice that, hey, we can go out to Skagit and make some more money, even though it's quite a bit longer tail, obviously. Well, let's talk about uh, your regular job with the All-Stars and Speed Week. Um, I don't know that you could have drawn it up any more uh, dramatically than than what we had on on the last okay. night. Um, that was uh, it was pretty good stuff, but uh, it was good good all week, too. Yeah, we had six different winners in six races, which is exciting. And, you know, Speed Week's a grind. It's just... You're, you're with everybody for nine days. You, you don't get your alone time, whether it's a team, driver, us as employees. It's tough, but uh, it, was, it was fun. You know, having different winners every night made it really fun. And as you said, I mean, the, the Speed Week Championship literally coming down to the final lap, that's about as good as you can draw it up and coming down to a tiebreaker of wins. And people say, oh, well, Tyler got the non-points win. So even if you take that out, they tied on second places, but Tyler had more third places, so it goes to third place tiebreaker. So Tyler wins it no matter what. He had all the tiebreakers with Buddy, but uh, that that was fun. And Buddy was impressive. Is you know one week in the Vermeer car and damn near wins Ohio Sprint Speed Week. Yeah, 
uh, we were just talking with Richie. Buddy came over there and took half of the half of the money uh, <laughs> in front of the Indiana Midget Week, and then came over and took a lot of money from you guys, even though we didn't win. But um, what do you make of that that fifty five car situation, right? So yesterday, Buddy Kofoid was announced that he's going to run the eighty three car uh, Roth uh, Junior car, second car. You know, James McFadden is still running for that team uh, at Houston's. Now they didn't detail their plans moving forward. Talking with Clinton Boyles, um, they have no idea if if Kofoid is getting back in that car or not. What what have you heard? I gotta think, and this is just me thinking. I gotta think that the eighty three junior cars maybe a little bit more of a permanent ride, just because Toyota seems to be behind it, and maybe a little bit of the decision maker there. And Buddy's a Toyota guy, but I don't know. Someone's gonna get in that Vermeer fifty five car, and they're gonna get in a car that's capable of winning. And obviously, Clinton Boyles has proved. He's a darn good wrench, and Nate Knotts is first year on a wing sprint car, and he's been fantastic. I mean, Hunter won at Jacksonville. They're in contention for the points. They darn near won Speed Week. Like, I think those two prove they're worth it. They're darn good wrenches, and they've got a car that's absolutely capable of competing at any race in the country. So someone's going to land in a darn good ride, and that's going to be very interesting to see who it is. They Obviously, the nice thing for them is they, they still have a week and a half. They have until July 7th, so really two weeks to find a driver. So plenty of time. And I, I think, you know, a, dr- a car like that with a crew like that, you're going to have plenty of suitors. Does Roth though run a second car full time or does his buddy just run the million Knoxville national Boy, big races with that team? That is the million dollar question right now. And I got to think if, if Vermeer is going to want to have someone that can commit to the car, you know, a car like that, you're not going to want to have to, a, put someone different for just the big races and hope you can gel right away and compete. Or B, sit those big races out. You know, as a car owner, that's what you're here for. So I, it'll be interesting. I'm, you know, I had a lot of people asking me yesterday, what's Buddy's deal? Like, how, is this full-time or is this just, I don't know. The press release said details to be re- released soon. And that's about all I know is what PJ Peterson had in his press release. And I haven't talked to PJ that does the PR for Roth yet. Did we ever figure out what happened with Hunter? I mean, why why that mm-hmm. fell apart, or, or does anybody know? I heard rumors, but nothing more than rumors, and I don't really think it's worth feeding the rumor mill. For but sure. Obviously, it was tough. I mean, Hunter was there. He, he had some tough breaks. You saw Dylan a couple of high limit races. They jumped the car, and neither of them were his fault. And in between that, he jumped the car in an all-star race that wasn't his fault. They, they were fast, and just the brakes weren't coming your way. It was one of those years where – you have all the speed in the world and you're not getting the breaks you need. Obviously, he I mean, he won with us in May. So he picked up a win at Jacksonville and we're going to Ransomville in our next race. And that's a race that he blew a tire leading coming to the white flag last year. So it was interesting. It, it stinks for Hunter. But at the same point, Tony Vermeer is the one foot in the bill, Tony and Jen Vermeer, and they do what's best for their team. And I kind of hate to see all the people hating on him. Obviously, it's tough. And Hunter knows this industry. It's gonna It can happen anytime. But we're in an industry where we need car owners, you know, we're, we're begging car owners to come back and our race fans just crap on a car owner as soon as they make a decision that they feel is best for their team without knowing any of the inner situation of what's going on. I don't know if anything was going on, but, you know, they don't know what's going on on the inside. They just see it at face value. So it's tough. It's a capable car and it's a tough industry. All our guys that drive these things know that, that they can lose their ride at any given moment, which stinks, but. It's the nature of the beast. And Hunter's a darn good race car driver. So he will land on his feet. He's a great person, which is even more important with a great family. So he'll land on his feet. He's capable. And there are a lot of car owners that know that he's capable. Yep. And personally, you know, 
<clears throat> just the way I feel about it and the opinion I feel about it, I feel like Hunter won enough to stay in that car uh, at least the rest of this year, right? You know, he, he won races this year already. He won plenty of races last year. Um, but at the same time, when Bodie Kofoid is available, um, it's really yeah. hard to make a business decision uh, and not put Buddy Kofoid in your car when you have the opportunity. And we saw why, um, because, you know, he won races, you know, he, he was a contender every single night. You know, he was a contender. He, if he ran all of the all-star races, he would be a championship contender uh, in yeah. that car, in that car. And that's a championship contending car. So, but I am with you, Blake. Um, I don't think that uh, the fans should be all over Vermeer and all that because it is a business, right? Um, Vermeer gave Hunter, you know, a ton of time in that car and they had a lot of success. Um, and, and also we don't know the whole situation now, now we've had conversations and stuff like that. Um, but we don't know the whole situation. So, uh, that's, that's the deal in the 55 car and we'll see, like, I mean, who do you put in that car? Who is available in that car? Right. Like, um, you know, if you're just thinking from a million standpoint, right. And, and with conversations that I've had, right. Like, I think that if you're, if you want to have a chance at the million, you put a veteran in it, um, like maybe a Shane Stewart or uh, Joey Saldana, or, you know, if, if he's willing to get in the car, right? Um, you know, get, get someone who has laps that knows that track um, for that. But going forward and, and you know, wanting having the grind of the all-star schedule still and having to race at full time, who can you have a good balance of with that veteran status, but a guy who's still, you know, running, you know, and is willing to race full time? Here's, here's an interesting name we could throw out there that I think if you could put in the car would make you it's a veteran that would be an immediate contender still racing that isn't racing full-time, but still racing that could get you in contention at a lot of the all-star tracks that knows our schedule better than anybody. Dale Blaney. Now Dale's running a, a small yeah. schedule with the Bears 32 B team. He's capable. He can still win. I mean, that's a guy that you go to a lot of these racetracks and just off being able to pedal the car like Dale can it, you know, when our tracks slick off, he's going to make you a contender and you're going to make features every night. And he's a guy that's obviously, you know, he's won at Eldora. He, he, he's done it there, made Knoxville Nationals A-Mains, even though he says he hates Knoxville, he still can get in the A-Main there. How cool, I don't know. How cool would it be to see him get back in a top-tier car? I mean, I have been having extreme nostalgia about how well Tim Schaefer has been running. And you know, like how, yeah. how that team is so good right now. Like it's, it's amazing, but yeah. like, you know, Blaney's around the same age, you know, like uh, just to see him get in a top flight car, like equipment, like, you know, Schaefer is in right now would be insane. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, I talked to Shane Stewart and I don't think that Shane necessarily wants to get in a car that and run as much as they're going to want to run. And that gets tough to put a guy in a car a couple of races. And Shane's got obviously port city. That's going very well. And they just had a bad storm roll through. So they're kind of getting things fixed up there. So that maybe pushes things back. And Joey Saldana, you know, Reese is racing quite a bit now. So Joey's kind of in dad mode. I don't know if Joey wants to race. He hasn't raced in a couple of years, over a year now. So I think it's tough to put some of those guys in and, and be competitive. Obviously, they're going to, they're obviously phenomenal race car drivers, but, you know, they're both busy in, in their life in general. So I don't know. I'd have to ask both of them if they, if that would be possible, but I think Dale Blaney is a guy that is still racing that could get you to that point. You know, Shane and Joey, I don't know if they're going to want to run a, a full schedule. Does Maybe Dale want to say we'll run 10 times. Does Dale want to race more? Does he want to run a full that, schedule? That, I haven't asked him, but I, I mean, he's living at home. He's back home now in, in Northeast Ohio. And 
our schedule, you look the way our schedule is through the rest of the season, Dylan. We really run a month through July, then we're off for two weeks, and then we get back to it the middle of August, and then we're done in the end of September. So he's really would only have to be wide open for two months, and then he could say, hey, you know what, you can move on. I don't know, just speaking in theory, but I think that's a guy that you could probably go get. Interesting. They yeah. could really help your team too. They could really help Nate and Clinton grow as well. Share some of his expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Good insight there on, on that. Of course, um, you know, talking about how sprint week, just, just recapping what happened, you know, it started on Ju- June 9th, uh, Zeb wise won uh, the first night. And then uh, Danny Dietrich won Fremont, which is just a tremendous race between he and Cap yeah. Henry. I mean, unbelievable. Back to back nights. Yeah, back-to-back nights of last wrap pass, last corner passes for the win. Zeb got by Tyler at Attica, and Danny gets by Cap Henry at Fremont. I mean, it was awesome. Unreal races. While I was sitting at the Dream, uh, you know, <laughs> single file late model races. Like, come on, get me to Ohio Spring Week. But, uh, but you know, of course, when I get on Ohio Spring Week, I do three races, and I'm cranky as hell because that those those drives suck, man. This I know Ohio people think that it's a small state, but it's not. It's a it's, it's, it's tough, but uh, it's a tough, tough week. Just the drives and the grind and everything. Uh, you know, six twelve. You guys rained out six eleven, but six twelve. You raced at Wayne County, which was, you know, um, I don't Trauma. know. Say it was an asterisk, maybe, but uh, Courtney, Courtney won, uh, which was an interesting racetrack to watch. But um, you know, heavy on the the, the rainwater, if you will, uh, for a racetrack that took a little, a little while to get in. But they made the decision to make it non points after a qualifying session. Um, that's also the drivers, you know, not happy with it. So, uh, Courtney won that. Then Sharon six thirteen uh, was a rainout Atomic Speedway. That's when Tim Schaefer came out and beat JJ Hickel and Justin Peck. And then, uh, we, of course, we went to Eldora for the a million tune up, and Sam Hafer Teep Junior won, which was a huge surprise to me. Um, that was even though Rico led the whole race uh, and and had a blown tire, but Hafer Teep's finding some speed was a big shock to me. Yeah, I think that's encouraging for them as they've been kind of not struggling, but they haven't had maybe the success they thought they would coming back to 410 a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's all about putting yourself in position. Rico leads the first 19 laps and gets the flat left rear. Sam's there to capitalize and picks up a huge $12,000 payday. And for them, a big boost going into the Eldora Million in a couple of weeks. Yep. And then finally, uh, Brent Marsh went back to back in the Dean uh, Niddle Memorial, winning at Portsmouth. Uh, heartbreak, heartbreak for Zeb Wise, who drove himself into position to win an Ohio Sprint Week championship, did every single thing right the entire week, um, had perfect nights, qualified perfectly every single night, and was still short of Ohio Sprint Week title because of a part failure uh, in the final feature. Just heartbreak, Blake. Yeah. Part fail on the drive line, and, you know, that's stuff you – man, that's those opportunities are tough to come by, as you guys know. It's like, you know, Indiana Sprint Week, you don't get a championship – at your table all the time and that stinks for rooting and racing that's tough but they got here last night to the racetrack and we talked to them you know what they moved on they said it happens and we gather we pick things up and now we race for 62 grand and get back to the all-star grind in two weeks so yeah it it stinks for zeb but it is what it is at this point yeah he he as you said ran a perfect week i mean he started ninth sunshine started 10th buddy started third so he had to drive forward to get back in to the speed week championship picture and he did everything he needed to do it set himself up perfect three to go bang you go from well 
less than a mile from a speed week championship to feeling like you couldn't be further from a speed week championship. Yeah. Just tremendous theater. As always, I told Clinton when I was texting him, you know, uh, you know, cause he was involved with it and, and Kofoy, you know, and, and Zeb and their guys and Courtney, I think it was one of the best Ohio sprint weeks I've ever seen. Um, yeah. I mean, the racing was tremendous. The best of our nine that we've had since Tony got the series and we all started. You know, I don't think you can ask for more than a different winner every night. And it literally coming down to the last lap and a tiebreaker to decide the champion. I don't know how you can want much more than that. And we had three races that were just spectacular. I mean, literally last two of them last corner passes for the win and another one that was last lap or two pass for the win. Was there anything you saw at Eldora? Anybody you saw at Eldora that that impressed you that that you know is maybe a threat next month or kind of the usual suspects besides Hayford? I mean, Teep, I, come, I guess now. I think Hayford Teep was really the big surprise that okay, you know, they're on it. They can do it which I think surprised a lot of people. It's good to see. I, I like to see a team like that win that is new. You know, Brent Marks, obviously fast, Macri fast. And I think Rico just cemented himself as, holy cow, he's got to be the favorite or got to be top three favorite. Obviously, you know, Larson's going to be there and he's probably going to be the favorite. But Rico's got to be right there with him as a guy that can win the million. And you got... 50 laps, you've got Ricky Warner on the wrenches. We're going to have a break around lap 20. Give a guy like Ricky a chance. You know, obviously, Kyle's got Paul Silva in his corner, so he's – Paul's no slouch. But it's going to be fun. I can't wait. I think we're going to have drama again, as you guys mentioned, during Speed Week. All right. Before we get to our concession stand item, uh, let's preview what the All-Stars have. You mentioned you're going to uh, New York, right? So, New yeah. York. Sharon, what 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 is the the next few races there for the All Stars? Big money, Ransomville in New York on the seventh for fifteen grand to win. Then we go to the Lou Blaney Memorial on the eighth of July for ten grand to win. Then we're off for the Million and Kings Royal. Come back with the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup on the eighteenth for twenty five grand to win. Seven grand to win at thirty four Raceway on the twenty first. Eight grand at Spoon River. Eight grand at Red Hill, those are the 22nd, 23rd, then eight grand at Benton, Missouri, the 26th, six at Lake Ozark, the 27th, and then eight and eight at I-70, the 28th, and Knoxville, the 29th. And then we're off for the 360 Nationals and 410 Nationals, and then it's kind of the final stretch to crown another champion for 80000 bucks. Let's see you can do. Let's see if Courtney can hold them off. All right. I have my concession stand item. I'll let you guys go first this week since I've been going first. D. Wells, did you get one uh, recently? Do you have a, a good one? Yeah, I was uh, – oh, shoot, where have I been? Uh, Granite City, I went and had some fried mac and cheese bites that were pretty strong. Ooh. And then at Eagle, I had a little, like, steak sandwich thing. Money. It was really – those are both both solid. I'm going to Eagle next year. I'm not missing that racetrack. Yeah, uh, Eagle's awesome. phenomenal. Yeah. What about you, Blake? I mean, obviously, we mentioned – the walking taco at Fremont, but underrated. I don't know if you've had it, Tyler, the pizza at Attica raceway park underrated. No, I haven't had it. I'm I don't seeing... think it gets the notoriety it deserves. see. You seem to be a pizza guy. Cause this is the second pizza you brought up. You brought up Williams Grove yes. too. So you're, you're a real big pizza guy. I'm not a huge I like pizza. guy. When you're this fat, you try to limit the amount of carbs you eat. Now I love carbs, but like, you know, pizza, you... grease and carbs. Dylan, are you hearing this? Like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't think he limits anything. <laughs> I don't either. 
<laughs> Never has before. <laughs> yeah. So the pizza at Attica, we got to give a try, huh? Yeah, it's underrated. It really is. Kenny uh, Osborne, All Star official, gets it every night, and he talked me into trying it one of the nights. I'm like, you know, it, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Obviously, Eldora, you've got the, the wings at Eldora. Are yeah, I need I ticket. need to go back and watch our uh, our Eldora food discussion now that I'm going to get to go. Yep. Uh, go next month, and that's the yeah, point. The wings. A little bit of a menu for the fans, you know. Yeah. Tyler kind of turned me on to them and said, "Hey, give the wings a shot. They're pretty darn good." Dude, I have so many tricks for the because I've worked there seven times this year, right? Already, uh, and I'm getting ready to work there probably ten more times. Uh, but I have, I like literally, I, I pretty much like run the concession stand at this point. Like how how many tricks I have? Holy. Just see this picture. Oh, like I know the perfect combination for Eldora now, right? Like you go in there, you get the pizza burger, you get the mott sticks, right? You get you get the marinara, which you have to buy. I think it's like fifty cents, uh, but you have to buy it. Um, now, if you do get the, the chicken wings, though, what you can do instead of buying a sauce, you can take some mayonnaise and ketchup and mix it together. And that makes oh, a really fancy. good dunk. That makes a really good fancy dunk. sauce. Yeah, fancy sauce for the, the wings and the fries. So do that. The one key crucial thing for the concession stand at Eldora is the pickles. Put them on everything. But if you don't put them on anything, just put them on the side and eat them anyways. Right. Like they're that good. The pickles are tremendous. And then think- to top it off, you have to have a Snickers. And then is there uh, anything left? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a strawberry, a strawberry Minute Maid icy, which is tremendous. Oh, so good on a hot day. Gonna, I really, is this all? Is, is this all in one trip through the concession stand, no, or is this spread out throughout? I the eat day? there like lunch and dinner every okay. day. So you think but, when he rolls into the concession stand, Bill, and they're like, "Oh, he's they back. all just yeah, yeah, they holler to the back. Here he comes. The ladies, the ladies Get ready. Moment. Turn that extra uh, fryer on." I will say this though: underrated, big time at Eldor, the French fries. Those are my those are my favorite French fries. I think uh, just because of how small and crispy they are, and like I'm a small crispy fry guy. Give those big ass fries that have those little curls in them. Like get those out of there. You know, get the potato edges out. Get all that shit out. Like I want crunchy small fries. That's my that's my thing about the fries. All right. So fries, huh? Wings and fries. That's what I go with. That's a good combo for sure. That's that's a people. That's that's, that's definitely a uh, go to. All right, mine. Well, after I talked with Eldora, uh, I went to Atomic and I tried something different other than the popcorn. They have a very good walking taco. Um, it's yes. in a huge I forgot bag, about that. Right? It's in a huge yep. walking taco. It says walking taco on the side of it. Like a Dorito. I think it's a taco in a bag, which is disappointing. Still. Yep. It's called taco in a bag, but. That's a demerit. It's definitely, uh, I think it, you know, it jumps into my top three, I think. Uh, oh, it's, it, it's, it's big. I had uh-huh. it in May. It was it was phenomenal. This what, makes it so good. what makes it so good? I feel like they're all kind of the same. They're all kind of the same, but this one's a purpose built bag, you know? Like it's a you know, it's like when you get the other ones, they're in a regular Dorito bag. This one's like a more of a rectangle, long, big, lot of room to put shit in, you know, like big opening. Almost like a lunch that's pail, big, big opening. Yeah, that's important. It's it's I mean, it's that's a crucial move for some of these guys, I think. So good taco meat too. They use good meat. Ah, it's really warm. Uh, you know, sour cream, jalapenos, japs. If you you know, jalapenos. If you want them, you know, jalapenos. I told the ladies, and they got bonus points because I said you can't give me enough jalapenos, and they poured them on there for me. I said it's it's not possible. There is no limit. Get the walking taco with Atomic. Uh, another one, Berlin Raceway, my home track. Uh, you know, my adopted home track, if you will. Payment, Payment, I know. I'm sorry. 
not only are their sip shine margaritas tremendous, they have a bar on the front stretch. Uh, but I would say I wouldn't put them like in my top 10, like concession stands, you know, top 15 or whatever, but they have mini tacos that are really, really good. And they come right out of the fryer, hot as crap, you know, dipped in sour cream and salsa. Mini tacos are crucial. Do you notice? I like, like, I love Mexican food. Like, I we love Mexican that you food. food you eat food. You food in general. Yeah. I'm just, I love Mexican. Well, if you go get a cheeseburger or something, it's like, okay, it's Gordon Food Service. That's, you know, it's like, that's not a, you know, nice cheeseburger. I mean, there are some places that have good cheeseburgers, like I-96 uh, had an awesome cheeseburger. Um, but, yeah, mini tacos, Berlin Raceway, get them. Those, those are your uh, concession stand items for the, for the bye week. All right, Blake, thanks for coming on the show. It was a good time. Yeah, thank you guys. See you in a couple weeks. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. I get too excited about concessions. Uh, you're wound on. You're on the chip. The most excited I've wound seen. Wound tight. Yep, wound tight. I literally. Talking I got about walking tacos. I, I have a. I can literally tell you what the Eldor menu looks like right now. I've been there that much. I'm excited. I need to. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to Eldora, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to run through. I'm gonna have to nothing get the wings. Your, nothing makes to... your mouth uh, water more than. I, walking in there and seeing those lights glistening on those foil and that fucking trays. <laughs> Nothing makes my mouth water more than that. Dude. I can tell you what I can do for you, Dylan. I got a, I got a once in a, well, maybe once in a lifetime opportunity for you. Okay. I'm going to let you hit the concession stand at Eldora with heavy lunch and just That's- experience the man need, rolling. We need the a, uh, rolling, this, we should do this for the broadcast, Blake. We, we, need, to get, we need to get a camera. And let's go. Let's go in there. We can we can pre-tape it one like one day. Like yeah, you know, yeah, we can do it. And we'll just roll it. We'll roll it in there during track prep one day. I'll tell you, the man that's paying the million purse. Yeah, yes, yes. This is the guy that funds the million dollar purse solely on his concession (laughs) stand expertise and advice. The only guy that can spend more than twenty dollars at the Eldora concession stand, (laughs) Tyler Burnett. Hey, I get sixty bucks a day, so (laughs) you may as well spend it. 60 bucks can go a hell of a long way in a day. Be back. Be back. Fire, fire up. I think that's I think that's a great idea, actually. I think that's a uh I think that's a content piece. Also, Eldora's popcorn's pretty good. The caramel corn's the ticket. I've had no fuck caramel corn. No. I don't like sweet corn. I, I like it, but it's not as good as regular popcorn. We'll have to. We're gonna have to have a debate. I think we're just gonna have to get a couple different things, and we'll try. Well, I'll get the caramel corn. You get the regular corn, and we'll see what's see who's better. All right, it's caramel corn. Thanks I for like the show. Thanks we're for gonna, dirt cup. I'm gonna start. Yeah, I'm gonna start planning this. I'm gonna brainstorm this, Tyler. All it's right, happening. We'll get it done. We I'll have see you boys. We have plenty of content, people. There. All right. I'll okay. see you boys in three. I mean, probably on Zoom before then, but in person in three weeks. Yeah. All right. See you, pal. All right. Catch you guys later. <laughs>